Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio in California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally. Now, today, I am joined by a special guest who I'll introduce formally in just a moment, Tris Thorpe. How are you, Tris? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Yvonne. You're welcome. And remind me, you're dialing in from where again? I'm in San Diego, California. San Diego, and I'm dialing in from snowy Calgary, Alberta, at the base of the Rocky Mountains in Canada. Now, if you haven't listened to the words Women and Wisdom Radio show before, this show is all about focusing on women who have risen from tragedy to triumph and are now out in the world doing really important work, incredible things that are impacting lives in a big way. And I I wanted to have a special guest this time around because we're coming up to International Women's Day. And one of the things that I know women do, perhaps more than the average man, is we get emotionally charged, we get emotionally attached and we're givers. We're biologically set up to be the childbearers. And so we naturally have higher intuitive skills. And we also are very often overgiving, overserving. So for today's special show, in honor of all of the amazing women who have chosen to be women entrepreneurs, whether you've risen from tragedy to triumph or not, to be out there putting forward your best work, looking at your skills, your interests, your your passions, bringing those together in a way that is in service. And I'm delighted that Tris was able to join me. We just met recently in a networking room and I loved her energy. And when I heard more about her story, this was definitely what I wanted to showcase in honor of every single woman who has been through anything that is tumultuous and challenging to know that there is light on the other side, to know that when you have the support network around you of friends, colleagues, coaches, mentors, gurus, you can weather the storm. And if you haven't got that person in your life, by the time we finish the show today, I really hope that you would either reach out to myself as a certified executive coach working with women entrepreneurs for the last 14 years, and then 30 years of senior HR work as well, or to reach out to Tris when it comes to this specialized topic of emotional healing. My work is all about language. Tris's work is all about emotional healing. And while we do have some overlaps as we are both speakers, authors, and coaches, I think that you'll see clearly that there is a distinction in the work that Tris is doing out in the world. So glad that you could join me today, Tris. Thank you for being here. Thank you again for having me. I'm really just thrilled to be here in this space with you today. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So see, women entrepreneurs who are seeking to flourish, this is my client base. These are the people I'm passionate about working with, especially those women who have either been in the first year of business and are looking and saying, wow, I don't know if I realized how this was going to unfold. It's not working quite the way I'd like to have it working. Um, Or they maybe don't have quite enough sales. And because of my passion for language, that ties in also to those women entrepreneurs who are ready to scale up and ready to step into leadership to have their team. So it's about that shift from being a solopreneur to a CEO, how to expand and leverage your time more effectively 
add a team, how do you hire the best, lead, empower them with ease and grace so you can take off to the beach and your business still runs? So we're going to have a combination of interesting conversations and questions floating around today. Grab your notepads because at the end, there will be a couple of complimentary gifts. So you want to take full advantage of this time together. Welcome to the Words, Women and Wisdom show. Let's get rolling. So Tris, Tris is a, a speaker, a coach and an author. She's also a very talented trainer and facilitator who's been working globally over the last oh, 20 plus years. She had been working with Deepak Chopra at the Chopra Center um, down in Carlsbad. And she's going to share a lot more about her particular journey. But I know that most recently, what is of particular interest is when we go through some heavy duty emotional turmoil, there is a technique to getting through it. And Tris is going to share this. She recently went through a very, what she calls publicly humiliating divorce. It was heartbreaking for her. Um, the man that she believed was her soul aligned partner. And this is what initiated her into the work that she's doing in a much, much deeper way. She's been working in this field of emotional healing using all sorts of techniques and, and approaches and practices for over 20 years. But in the last few years, really going through the emergence of a new, deeper level of self-understanding, I think we'll share some really great wisdom nuggets today. So Tristan, why don't we dive in and I'll let you share your story. Like, how did you get into the work that you've, you, you've settled on right now? And what was this more recent tragedy to triumph that we want to showcase to help other women listeners realize that no matter how bad you think it is, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. What's your story? What a great intro, Yvonne. Thank you. Well, in a nutshell, the way that I, I'd like to say the way that I found myself into the deeper work was through stumbling through multiple rock bottoms in my life. Long story short, I was given away multiple times when I was little. And um, so shuffled around from home to home, which of course bred all of the, the typical insecurities of abandonment, rejection, not good enough. And, um, and I had a lot of anger, a lot of anger and sadness growing up, a lot of confusion around why, why I wasn't at home with my parents, why I was being given away every, you know, six to nine months. And during a few of those years when I was being kind of offset, if you will, I encountered and endured sexual abuse over a period of a few years, um, seven to about nine years old. And so this just kind of added on to the, the already very raw layers of a little girl who wasn't protected, was given no support or direction. And I think that just even as a young kid, growing up, I had this sense that I could take better care of myself than anyone else around me. And so naturally being very raw and uh, unrefined as most children are, um, I grew up pretty angry and depressed. I started drinking alcohol in the sixth grade and ended up in the emergency room. 
Um, I began smoking marijuana and performing self-harm just as a way to sort of manage the pain that I was feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to make sense of that or talk about it, articulate it, but that was just sort of my upbringing, you know, and as I moved through young adulthood, lots of anger issues. And so naturally I made a lot of very bad decisions in my life that would inevitably lead me to what I would call rock bottoms. I was homeless three different times in my life, not knowing where I was going to sleep or how I was going to get my next meal. And it seemed like every time I would sort of pull on, pull up my bootstraps and get my life back in some sort of semblance, if you will, that some big emotional thing would happen and it would trigger a lot of that childhood trauma that I had experienced. And of course, it never seemed like these pieces were connected. And even if they were, you know, at that age, I didn't even understand about personal growth. But I want to say in my, um, you know, my mid to late 20s, I started getting into yoga and just very slowly started to being introduced to spiritual practices, personal growth, and went through a few more, you know, episodes, if you will. I was still using a lot, using drugs a lot, and putting myself in very dangerous situations. And just I kind of was a mess, to be honest with you, Yvonne. I mean, I looked okay on the outside, but on the inside, I was very lost. And I had so much pain and so much suffering that I was carrying on the inside. And so one day, I I really believe that this was divinely orchestrated. I landed on the doorsteps of the Chopra Center. And it was from there that I was introduced to deeper spiritual teachings. I was running the events behind the scenes because I had spent 20 years in rock and roll in concert production and promotion. So that was sort of where my career expertise was at. And, you know, it was noticed one day by Deepak and his his best friend, Dr. David Simon, that when it came to the emotional healing programs that we were running at the Chopra Center, I just seemed to be naturally inclined toward this work and how to hold the space for people who are moving through it. So Mm. it was time that I was informed this is your dharma. You're going to be on the stage, not behind the stage. And this is the work that you're called to do in this world. So it was never really a choice. You know, I never really designed it or intended to go in that direction as a career choice. It just sort of happened. Yeah. I want to just center for a moment on, um, you know, first of all, the, the growing up and being given away. I mean, that in itself, I mean, that's horrendous, right? And so what do you think was the biggest contributor to that? Because, you know, just that one piece would have lasting impact for a lot of women, a lot of women, right? So I think, did you have teenage parents or there was something happening with with your parents? Yes, my parents were very young. I was more more than likely I was an accident. Um, I, I was born to teenage parents. They were 16 and 17 when they got pregnant, mm-hmm. 17 and 18 when I was born. And so, you know, a big part of this journey work that I have been doing over the last 25 years has really been not only healing myself, 
from all of those very tumultuous experiences that I had, but also healing my relationship with my parents and understanding where it is that they were coming from at that time, you know, and, and I think that's really enabled me to bridge a lot of gaps and heal a lot of deep wounds with the two of them. And by the way, today I have the most incredible relationship with both of them. My father and my mother both are like my best friends. Oh, I'm so glad that that piece was able to be healed. I wasn't quite so lucky in terms of, um, well, say lucky. Um, It didn't unfold that way for me. (laughs) My parents were both passed on now. um, But part of the reason that I, I focus on supporting women, women entrepreneurs in particular, is what I saw growing up in my household, which was in London, England. You can tell from my accent, I wasn't born in Canada. And I had a a father who came back from World War II. He got a bullet in Dunkirk and he just came back with PTSD. Very, very angry man. And of course, hundreds of thousands of men, they just didn't treat them all. And so he took that anger out on my mom. They met late in life. She was a professional woman, um, had her own career, her own income. And when she was about 32, met my dad. So she was, you know, by by those standards back then, you know, almost sort of, you know, being left on the shelf too late to have kids. Um, although obviously we did, she did go on and have children. She had me when she was 42 though. So it was, it was a bit of a different era. But the the whole upbringing was watching my dad criticize my mom so much that she became this fragile shell of the person that she once was. He literally drained the dignity right out of her. And so when I was thinking about my own career and decided that I did want to write a book, and was centering it around language because that's my passion. I mean, I looked around my house. I'm like, you know, what is it that that really I cannot not do and my house is filled with plaques and posters and language and positive messages and it was like okay words yes that makes a lot of sense and then thinking about my mom I wanted to dedicate to my mom because there's 40 different words and more concepts in the book to help women ask for what they want powerfully not with force but powerfully and get what they want and get get what they're asking for and that work has been um, in her honor and it, it turned around because he also took that out on me as a, a child too, and a lot of criticism and I didn't get a chance to heal it with him. Um, I've since done a lot of work with you know, letters and balloon, bur- you know, balloon burning and all kinds of other things, um, but I didn't get the opportunity to build that relationship. So I'm so glad that you, you did honor that. So what do you think was one key thing um, before we talk about the Chopra, Chopra Center work, one key thing that you thought about that was a trigger to turning something from a complete negative situation into something that had some life and some spark to it? I think for me, my my life started off like I kind of came out of the gate already facing some pretty big, some pretty traumatic things. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that was always sort of circling in the back of my mind is that you didn't come this far, Tris, to only make it this far. Right. Mm-hmm. Like 
lay down and give up now or to just throw in the towel now would make all of the hard work and all of the overcoming, right? And all of the rebirthing that you have done, it would make it, you know, like pointless to have done that. So a big, I think a big kind of mantra, if you will, that that has always been in my mind is just who am I, who do I want to become in the process? Like as even, even with everything that I've been through, especially everything that I've been through, right? already have so many examples. We all do. We can look around in our lives and we can, we can clearly see the people who have given up or the people who have chosen not to do the work and they just kind of downward spiral. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm, that's not going to be me. Like who do, who am I becoming in the process despite what I'm going through or what I've been through? Right. Was there a particular instance or a, a moment in time when you had that awareness of Look, it's not, it cannot be all for naught, right? Yeah, I think, I think it was probably after I had been teaching at the Chopra Center for many years, like I'd already begun teaching this work, really, but leading up to that point, it was more about survival. Mm. It was not about thriving and oh, I'm going to turn my life around and I'm going to, I'm going to make something of myself. I literally, until I was probably 30, 32 years old, I was living from the place of, I just have to do whatever it takes just to get through the day, just to get through right. the week, the month. Right. The year. Yeah. Well, that, in itself yeah. Is, that in itself is again, one of those wisdom nuggets, right? The you know, when something feels like massively overwhelming, big, scary, if you can just break it down into, you know, just for today, right? The Pono uh, Ono Pono, right? Just for today. Pono There we go. Thank you. Uh, I need more coffee today. It's been uh, a crazy busy week after moving house. So <laughs> that's why I don't have my regular background on today. Um, yes, when we, when we make that decision, that we are going to center ourselves and give ourselves that that love and and take it one small chunk at a time, then it becomes doable, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When it's just for this moment, just for this moment, just for this moment, it feels it, it feels a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Even in the midst of the most, you know, destructive or traumatizing or life-changing experiences. Right. So in order to stay out of um, a fear mindset, because obviously with all that you had going on and there's other women who are listening to the show today who are going through something or have gone through something, the big thing to stay away from getting fearful is to stay present, right? To be in the present moment because there is no fear right here. If you start projecting forwards and imagining what might happen, yes, that might get into the fear realm again. And then the past is already gone. So yes, we can learn from it, but we can't change it. But if we stay in that energy of the present, which is obviously where you know, centering, breathing, yoga, all of those practices are about um, elevating our presence and staying present, it can make a massive difference. So Tell me that that piece about the show presenter. So they saw the natural talent in you of organizing. And then what happened? Well, I was approached and informed that I would be going through training to 
begin leading the emotional healing retreats and workshops from the front of the stage with my then mentor, Dr. David Simon. And I remember Yvonne like going kicking and screaming because I work backstage. (laughs) Um, And I kept thinking like, you have the wrong girl. You have the wrong girl. Like I, I am a mess. I spent 20 years in rock and roll. I grew up in Southeast Alaska with a bunch of fishermen and loggers. Like I'm not this refined stage presence that they, you know, Um, I had this whole story, you know, about why I wasn't good enough or why that wasn't to be my path. And it was just handed over to me very matter of factly, like, this is what you're going to do. And we're, we're going to train you. And so it was not long after that, that I sat down with my mentor at the time. And I said, listen, this is, this is an incredible opportunity. I love this work. I, I feel so joyful and fulfilled when I'm leading this work. And to be honest with you, I, I may look okay on the outside and present well, but I, on the inside, I'm a mess and I don't feel like I can stand on a stage in integrity and teach emotional healing work alongside people like you and Deepak and Debbie Ford and, you know, all of these spiritual big people that, um, I haven't done my work. And so that was when my mentor said, okay, I'm going to send you off to work with my best friend. She's going to get you cleaned up and then you're going to come back and we're going to get busy because we have lives to change and hearts to heal. Right. Um, so that's so like, again, one of those, one of those wisdom nugget moments, right? Is, yeah. you know, even, um, even though you might think that it's all together, right. And it looks great on the outside. It's like going to a networking meeting and you put your hand out and you say, hello, how are you? The person can feel the vibration of being out of alignment because it's not that clear, resonant, truthful energy. And even though we think people don't know, they do. They can tell. (laughs) They can tell. So kudos to you that you honored and stepped forward into deeper levels of integrity and said, no, I, in order to do this, I really want to do it. And that means doing it from the inside out. Which it was very, yeah, it was very important to me yeah. that I, that I do that work. So off I went, he sent me off to work with his best friend, who was a woman by the name of Debbie Ford. Mm-hmm. Debbie specialized in shadow work. And so Debbie became one of my mentors and teachers. I got trained by her and, uh, then came back to the Chopra Center and David said, okay, you good? You ready? And I said, well, I'm a work in progress, but let's do this. Yes. So off we went and um, we began teaching and I took front center stage for the first time ever. And I was terrified because I had no stage training, no speaking training, no nothing. I was just someone they picked. Um, and yet it was also the most beautiful and, and loving and fulfilling space for me to give of myself, I felt. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadly, within about a year to 14 months, both of my mentors passed away within a short period of one another. And so here I was, this very green, brand new teacher of emotional healing and shadow work. And it came out that both of them had shared before their passing that I was the person to be handed the torch. 
And I just remember thinking like what a huge weight this is. And it just really brought up all of those insecurities once again from childhood. If I'm not good enough, you know, it's only a matter of time before they realize that. And then they give me away or reject me or kick me Mm -hmm. out. And so it was this very interesting time in my life, Yvonne, where I'd been handed, passed down two very important torches of work that need to be carried out in this world. And I was simultaneously really battling my own inner demons and insecurities around whether or not I was the right person to do that. Mm-hmm. And were you married at this time or this? Is I was before? not. No. Okay. So the, the, um, Chopra Center is not operating in the same format any longer, right? Correct. Yes. They closed their doors officially just probably two or three years ago. I want to say they've been doing some retreats, location retreats. And I think that even that is stopping. Yeah. So the, the time that you were out doing the training, I understand that you travel quite a bit. You were speaking on some pretty big stages you were doing the work. And at the same time, every time that we're teaching the work, it gives us another layer. As we refresh in order to teach or facilitate, we we generally are doing the prep work and it's reminding us of all of those important elements and the stories are fresh because even as you said, you know, you've you've wanted to do the work and be coming forward with integrity I think that the fact that you're not like 10 steps ahead of the audience probably endeared them more to you because you were closer to the content and they could really feel that you understood their perspective and what might be some of the challenges along the way. Have you experienced that? Yes. In fact, it was, it was a very strange occurrence that I began experiencing where every Every time I was about to run this three-day event, three-day-long live event, there would be some big drastic thing that would happen. I had three deaths right in a row. One of them was one of my best girlfriends, who's about seven years younger than me. Another was a close, like, very best friend and mentor from the music business. And then my younger cousin uh, committed suicide days before I was to take the stage. Like it was just kind of uncanny. Yvonne had these very big life things. And I would have to leave the service to get home in time to teach. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking in those moments, like, how am I going to go back and teach when I'm in this space? And I just would arrive there. And, and it was like, I was able to teach from a, from a higher space because Yes, exactly what you're saying. Not only had I gone through some of the things that the reasons for those people attending these events to begin with Mm -hmm. were current, I was moving through those experiences in real time. And so I think that gave me exactly what you're talking about, like that it closed the gap between where they were and where I was. It wasn't like I had studied psychology and just had been sort of articulating this stuff for 30 years. I was in the work as much as the people in the audience. Yeah. I think that's so, so important, Tris, because I've certainly attended some events and uh, even though they might be, you know, highly regarded big influencers, 
sometimes there is almost too much of a commercialized approach to doing the work. And it's like, well, it's okay for you to say that because, you know, you have, you know, millions of dollars, millions of followers, you know, millions of everything, (laughs) right? And so when you're in the audience and you're not necessarily coming from a place of, of, of seven figures or, you know, millions of followers, some of the concepts need adapting to be able to be at the point that you're at and reach that higher goal. So I think it's um, sometimes it's hard for harder for some of those big names to really embrace where each individual person is at when they're such a at such a starting point. So kudos that you are able to bring forward the fresh energy of emotionally healing, balancing, dealing with it and going through it with your audience, which I'm sure gave them the opportunity to experience the work much more deeply. And I'm sure you've got rave reviews coming out of it. So kudos for you for that. Yeah. So then where along the journey did you meet your your now ex-partner? Because it sounds like um, you know you you fell in love, and then realized afterwards that I don't know if a narcissistic sociopath is the is the definition or not, um, but it sounded like you had um, fallen in love with someone who was not honoring the work that you do and how you do it, and love in general, like what a partnership should be about. So. Are you willing to talk a little bit about that, what you learned along the journey and what might be some key lessons for other women to pay attention to, things that they can look out for that might save them some heartache? Um, Not only am I willing to talk about it, I think it's important that we talk about these kinds of things because so often trauma is just swept under the rug um, Mm -hmm. or it's you know, people either pretend like it's not happening because they want to avoid the pain that it, you know, comes with that, um, or they want to ab react, right. And really malalign the other person who they hold responsible for their pain and their suffering. So I, I love talking about what I went through, not because I loved the experience, but because I love who I have become in the Mm -hmm. process of healing from that experience. So I met my now ex-husband as I was leaving the Chopra Center. So I had decided it was time to go out on my own and create a name for myself and be on my own stage in the world. And this person arrived kind of right as I was departing from there. And we taught a lot of similar, there was enough complementary things that we both specialized and teach in the world and yet enough difference that we made a really fantastic uh, duo on stage traveling. And so I left, you know, the Chopra Center stage and went over to my, um, the, my ex's stage and, and it was the most remarkable, very kind of public hoarding uh, romance. I, you know, had a lot of momentum going at that time in my life. I had a lot of people watching and following. And so when I fell in love and when he fell in love, 
there were just a lot of people watching and a lot of people kind of gathering around and supporting it. And from the inside, for me, it felt like my soul, like a twin flame, like just he was everything that I never believed I deserved or that I never believed existed, which probably should have been my first red flag now that I have been initiated into (laughs) what it means to be married to uh, someone who is a narcissist. However, at the time, I didn't know. And I just thought this was my reward. This is my reward for everything that I had gone through, the hardships that I had overcome, the choice, the more difficult choices that I had made along my path to stay along my true course. And I just thought, I'm 40 years old. The universe has been like, great job. Here's your man of your dreams. Here's the life of your dreams. And it was gorgeous. Um, Within six months of us getting married, lots of behavior shifts in him and truths coming out about things that he were was doing with young women and um just a lot of very shocking things were being revealed to me not just in terms of his behavior with me but information that was coming in and i just it really began to destabilize me i was 6 months into a fairy tale marriage was the happiest I'd ever been in my life, like loved this person beyond lifetimes. And, um, and it, it just really began to disintegrate and it got worse and worse and worse. The more I leaned into the work that we both taught, the more that I was recognizing this, this is a per I'm in a person relationship with a person who's actually becoming their shadow. And I got to see what I teach happen in real time. <clears throat> with someone becoming the darkest version of themselves. And so, you know, long story short, I stuck it out for about 18 months, did everything I could. And eventually, you know, everything that I knew, thought that I knew about this person, um, I discovered was true. Um, caught him having an affair and, and it just, it ended from there. And I think that in that moment, my world fell apart. Like everything just disintegrated around me and he was gone and his children were gone and our work together was gone and our business platform was gone and the community that I had created was gone. And I was just left in my home alone to deal with this fallout and kind of the rippling you know, emotions of grief that accompany that. And so there were a few things I think that immediately as I began going through this healing process, I just was like, I'm not going to go into a downward spiral. I'm going to, I'm going to practice everything that I teach. I'm going to be in the work. I'm going to be with what is, and I'm just going to stay in my own lane was really a big thing for me because when we're when we're deeply wounded, Yvonne, I'm sure you know this, you know, in, in your own ways and on your own days, when we're deeply wounded, there's a part of us that wants the other person to feel that level of pain that they've caused us, right? Like it's the whole revenge or getting retribution. And there were ways that I could have gone about 
destroying him or making things very uncomfortable for him publicly because of what he does for work. And I just remember in those moments of meditation and my just silent sobbing that there, I, I need to stay in my own lane and really look at what's here for me in this situation. Like, where can I take responsibility for abandoning myself? Mm. Where did I, where did I make the choice to stop creating a name for myself and working on my brand and getting my work out in the world and just fell in line comfortably over here, you know, those red flags. And I, I was hearing it over the years, like, you know, you're supposed to be doing your own thing. You're supposed to be doing your, and I, I remember just saying like to the universe, like not right now, not right now. Cause it's just, it's so good. You know? Well, it's almost, it's almost too, um, too easy, right? Because it, it just presents itself. So, you know, we can either take the hard work road, which very often is where we're creating from scratch our own brand and our own services and offerings, et cetera. Or we can go under the umbrella of someone else and it's a lot less work because as you know, from social media and brand building, it's more work, right? To carve out your own niche versus to go with something that's already in existence and step under that umbrella. So um, I, I, I want to honor the fact that you acknowledged that, yes, there'd been whispers going on. And at that time you had chosen, right? You, we make the best decisions that we can at the time with the information that we have, right? Um, and yet there are gifts in, my, my coach talks about you know, gifts wrapped in sandpaper, right? Um, as you said earlier, I love who I've become by going through this process. And you wouldn't have experienced it deeply enough to be able to bring forth this work in such a powerful way for other women without going through that experience. So, you know, the universe is here to, yes, keep us in creation mode and then also keep us in a mode where we're challenged because that's what makes life fun. It's not the easy way that is where we have our greatest learnings. It's when we've, you know, pulled that boulder all the way up the hill and got there. That's where we look back and we say, wow, I never realized I had that in myself. That's when we know that we are resilient, we are resourceful, and we have that inner confidence and strength to take forward into the next adventure, whatever that looks like. And I wanted to also talk about you know, what were some of the, the things around energy that do sometimes get twisted out of shape. Revenge is something that I believe is, um, it's me that owns that. If I choose to take that path, then I'm the one who's carrying it. I'm the one who's carrying the energy. So I'm, I'm excited that you didn't choose to hang on to that for very long, that concept, you know, as you said, I could have gone down that path, um, but instantly said, no, I'm going to take the high road and I'm not willing to carry that boulder. I'm, I don't want to. And it's just not in my, it's not in my best interest. It's not in alignment with the work that I teach and who I want to become. So and that's it. That's perfectly, you just said perfectly where I was living out of is like, I don't want to carry the karma 
So anytime my thoughts would go to those places where we go, you know, I was just like, okay, self, like just breathe, be with the anger, be with the sadness, be with the fear, be with, and just let it just be there and love yourself through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And do your own bit of the work because the work that I teach is that from a soul perspective, we came here to grow and evolve and all of these events and circumstances is as horribly as they suck while we're in them. As you said moments ago, this is the work, this is the growth and we can't and we won't grow without going toe to toe with that fear and right. with the difficult things. Right. Michael Brown, um, I read one of his books that was recommended by one of my uh, uh, Reiki masters um, a long time ago, The Presence Process. And he talks about how um, unintegrated energy would just basically stay and hang on and linger until you actually have the experience of something that's an event that triggers another flare up of this awareness opportunity. And once the once you have sat with that energy and sat through it and let it really dissipate and integrate, it has less of an emotional charge for it. And I'm sure that there are techniques that you use in the work that you do and what was you know, part of the learnings through Debbie and, and Deepak. So, you know, are there two or three key things that you did which have helped you to put that energy back together again in a new form? Yes, um, there are a few things that I'll share. And you do make a really good point about what Michael Brown says. What he's talking about is is completion energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like how you bring something to completion is how you will start the next thing. And so if, if, if we're not able to bring something to completion, in a way that is integrous, where we feel congruent and truthful, then that's the energy we bring into the very next thing. And then you circle back and something triggers it. And now we're blaming the other people in the world for the theme or the pattern recurring when it's us who didn't get the lesson and bring that lesson to completion and glean the wisdom to make a different choice the next time around. Right. Um, He also has a quote, the only way out is through and the only way through is in, which was also another one of my staple things that I kept in my journal. So what did I do? There's one thing that you might kind of laugh um, and giggle at this. It was a technique from a girlfriend who repeats a Sanskrit mantra a lot every day. She's got a little uh, thing that she sticks on her finger. You can get these on Amazon. They're little clickers, they're counters. Mm-hmm. And she would wear that all day long, every day. And she would just repeat her mantra throughout the day. And I used to tease her about it. Well, when I was in a really bad space, and this is for someone who maybe is in such a raw place right now where you can't find your way out and everything is difficult. Mm-hmm. I I got one of those from Amazon and I wore it from the time I woke up to the time I went to the bed. I took it to yoga classes while I was on the mat, shopping for groceries, like you name it. And throughout the day, I would recite Om Namah Shivaya, which is a very powerful Sanskrit mantra, but you could repeat any mantra or positive affirmation. And how I chose to use this technique was that anytime 
my mind or my thoughts would go to the pain that I was experiencing or to the anger I was feeling or thinking about like re revisualizing what I had walked in on, I would, I would repeat the mantra and click the thing, repeat the mantra. So as I was driving my car, as I was taking a shower, as I was doing laundry, I had that thing on. Mm. And at the end of the day, I remember I had like 468 clicks when I took it off my finger one night and put it on my nightstand. And here's the, here's the takeaway from that practice. It was 468 times that day that I consciously chose to redirect my thoughts towards something positive. Yeah. 468 times that I pulled myself out of the negative spin and the downward spiral. So that's kind of a strange process or a practice, but it was one that really worked for me in the months that, you know, and first like year and a half or so where I just couldn't function. I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. I, I wasn't working. I just would wander around like a zombie sobbing all day long. And that's oh. what I was just, because it was like the end of my world. I felt like I was yep. dying. And so that, that was a big practice process. Um, the other thing that I did, and I, you know, I don't know, I don't recommend it, or maybe I do recommend it was, um, I immediately, as soon as he left the house and I knew that he was gone for good, I, the next morning went out and started taking flying lessons and learned how to fly airplanes. And that is really, I credit aviation to a large degree for saving my life, literally, metaphorically for two hours a day. And I would, I would book the plane five, six, seven days a week. And for those two hours a day, I wasn't thinking about the trauma. I wasn't in the trauma of what was happening. And instead, because of the nature of aviation and getting into an airplane and like flying down a runway and taking off and soaring through the sky, mm -hmm. it, it became a metaphor for me to always be rising. Mm, beautiful. I'm heading out today. I'm going to go get skyward, but what a great metaphor. Like, I'm not going to sit here in my depression. I'm not going to sit here in my anger. I'm going to go get skyward, whether I was getting into a plane or I was just up leveling my energy and my mindset for the day. Yeah. Powerful. Love it. Okay. So one is something that could get on Amazon. Anybody can do. Um, the second one, the flying, totally get that because that's, that's about, as you said, it's about rising. It's about expansiveness. It's about, you know, the concept of blue skying, right? I mean, yeah. that's where we have that silence, right? There's no other noise or distractions around us to really step into a deeper sense of knowing. So that's beautiful. Any third one? We're all about threes in this. In this yes, track. I'm all about threes as well. You know, I would say what I did in that time, strangely, was I went to my own work. Like I had written my book, Healing Your Heart, Rewrite right. Your Story with Awareness and Intention. It came out in 2018, but I never so much as picked it up. I had a bunch of copies in the garage because we would sell them. I went and I started reading my own book as if I were 
had never been to the work before. Beautiful. And I just, I began to devour the chapters and the self-reflection questions and the exercises. And it, it just, it was such a powerful way to move through those icky feelings, you know, mm-hmm. to move through that sense of like all of our childhood identity wounds of I'm not good enough and nobody loves me and I'm broken and why didn't he want me and what did I do wrong? And all of, you know, all of that stuff comes up and it's just how we move through and navigate these experiences will determine how we come out of things on the other end. And it was just so important to me to be better and be stronger and just continue rising and raising my vibrational frequency and coming out of that freaking mess. Like I am the, I am the comeback. Yes, absolutely. I'm not just having a comeback. Like I am going to be the comeback. Like I just, I am the most powerful two words in the universe, right? I am. (laughs) It became an incantation for me. Really always be rising. I'm here to work through this. I'm here to, you know, bring this karma to completion and to light the path for myself and for anyone else who's going through this and needs this work. Like, follow me not follow me, right? Like I'm the guru, but like, come with me. Let's walk together. Let's be in the conversation and the work. Yeah. Love it. So um, I know that you had brought a gift with you. Um, So listeners that are choosing to stay in touch, um, what was the gift again? Remind me. There are, there are four guided meditations, free complimentary guided meditations that are anywhere from like 12 to maybe 23 minutes long mm-hmm. that I would like to gift to the listeners here. And one of them is on forgiveness. One of them is on how to calm your emotions in difficult times. Uh, There's a meta loving kindness meditation to just kind of like help ripple that love out into the world. Mm -hmm. And there's one other one that I can't remember, but they come in a pack and free. And so I think you have the link uh, that we can share with our listeners here so they can go there. Is it easy to share one to talk about? Let me just see here because I will have it for the show notes, but just to make sure that I've got it here. I'm on a first time operating from my new my new space here so um so that calming emotions in difficult times would be a good one because I think that you know emotions are so wide span you know like we're not always going through huge traumatic things it could just be that you're having a bad day or maybe your relationship's kind of on the rocks or maybe you're not sure you're in the right career path and you're just feeling icky right so that's a good every day for anything kind of so four meditations um ladies i encourage you to go ahead and download them now because it's kind of like having the secret weapon already ready to go when you're already down and in the dumps you probably won't be looking online trying to search and find this so download it now and then you've got it ready for the next event that comes up when you're really wanting to center yourself and get through some nice calm breathing and do a meditation. So um, in my notes, I see that if you go to, uh, where are we here? Uh, Tris Thorpe, so it's T, 
R-I-S-T-H-O-R-P, tristhorpe.com slash guided hyphen meditations that you'll be able to pick them up there. And I will put this in the show notes for the archive version as well. I also want to offer up a gift. Now I talked about um, the work that I do, which is around language and words, especially those women who are ready to move up from a solopreneur to a CEO. They haven't necessarily had to, haven't had an opportunity to hire their own team members before. So they want to make sure that all of the work they've been doing to build up their brand doesn't go to naught. So the people that are on their team are truly aligned with their values and are going to be great ambassadors for the team. So how do you do that? So there is actually a 10-point assessment that is something I'm offering for women entrepreneurs who you know, are not sure if they're ready to scale up or not and add to their team. So you can go to my website, yvonnesilver.com, and that will pop up as a free gift. If it doesn't pop up on your machine, because maybe you've got pop-ups on block, you can also go to the tab that says free gift and download that assessment. And it's 10 questions that you can score to identify, are you ready to scale up? And then obviously I'm happy to have a conversation with you about that topic as well. So that's part of the, the gift is a free assessment, scaling up to move from solopreneur to CEO, and then have a conversation with me to just clarify anything that is uncertain. And I'd love to hear your score. So two gifts today in honor of International Women's Day. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation today. We've got a couple more minutes and I want to really dive in. Trist, if you think about all of you, all of what you've experienced over the last little while, is there one thing in particular that you really want the listeners to take away from our conversation today? What's the most important thing that they need to keep in mind or to, to take action on? I think the most important thing that we as women and men alike, but that we as women need to do is to understand our values, what's important to us at the deepest level, and to make aligned choices with those values, right? So even when you're seeing the red flags or you consciously think this would be better or that should be better because it makes more sense to really follow your heart, follow your gut, follow your intuition mm -hmm. and really listen, not just looking for red flags in life and avoiding them, but really looking at how can I live my life in a more aligned way? Yes, totally. Love that point. Thank you for sharing that and summary of everything that we've been talking about today, because it is about resonant embodied energy. It's about raising your own vibration. Um, energy doesn't go anywhere. It just changes form. So let's tap into whatever the challenges that's coming up in your world to be able to know that through Chris's, uh, Chris's story today, through my own story, a little bit of what I shared today too, that when you go through a challenging time, there's always a learning, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And I look at these things and say, you know, there are no failures in life, there are only learning opportunities. And when we become that wiser, deeper, more resonant energy, um, energetic person, that's when we experience bliss, 
because it really is when you're living in alignment with your values, with the things that you are here to gift and share with others, that's when everything just magically aligns and the vibration will shift. So thank you for joining me today. I'm going to end the show by having a short um, summary talking about, I always get asked this, you know, tell me more about your book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Von Nora of Confident Conversations. So I'm actually going to run a little video at the end of this uh, conversation so that you can learn a little bit more about that. It's available on Amazon as an ebook, also as a printed book, and it's also on Sound, A-W-E, S-O-U-N-D as an audiobook as well. And as Tristan shared, you know, when I was reading my own book <laughs> in my lilting English accent for the audio version, I have to say there were parts in there I was thinking, wow, where did this come from? This was just downloaded through me because it's brilliant. And there is an action item for every of the 40 words in the book. So thank you for joining me today, Tris. It's been an honor, a privilege, and also lovely to learn more about you and your powerful work. I know you have some workshops coming up. And so the first step would be to stay in touch with Tris to download those meditations. And then I'm sure that she will be communicating more about the workshops that are coming up as well once she knows that you are aligned with her work and wanting to follow what she's up to. Thank you for joining me today, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me, Yvonne. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Any last comments before we uh, before we wrap up? Um, just that if you feel inclined to to pat, journey with me down any of the paths, my always be rising eight week online immersion starts on Wednesday, April the twelfth, which is really based in all this work that. I've been yeah. doing since I've been going through these experiences. So just, you can find me through my website, tristhorpe.com and sign up for the email list so that I know where you came from. And I'm just looking forward to connecting with you all and helping you on your journey if I can. Lovely. Thank you for joining me today, Tris. Have a beautiful International Women's Day, everybody. And let's make sure that you know that there is support out there in the form of either emotional uh, trauma support and emotional healing through coaching with Tris. And if it's something to do with your business where you're ready to scale up and expand and grow, please do reach out. I'm happy to support you. Thank you for joining us today on the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. And I look forward to you being part of that journey in a couple of weeks for the next show. Thank you, everybody. Bye for now. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and have already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund, 
the Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you a woman looking to the future, ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.